Hey, hey, and welcome to another podcast, Valley Sunday. I am one of your hosts, Chris Paco. And I am your other host, Jeff Cameron. How's it going, Jeff? Hey, okay, how about you? Pretty good, pretty good. Rolling right into season two here, doing well. Yeah, man. Uh, before we get rolling, just a quick housekeeping note. A frequent feature on the show, uh, Apology Valley Sunday. If you tuned into our previous episode, you may have noticed it sounded like Paco was checking in from the ballpark or something. And that was just because uh, this, he was coming through my, my headphones on a delay. Because I guess it takes about half a second for uh, the sound to get down to 401 here to Windsor. So uh, that's on me. It's not on Paco. So uh, <laughs> sorry about that. And we'll try to avoid that in the future. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, it was just a just a weird thing that came up last episode. So and stay on. Honestly, it. I can't believe it hasn't happened more often. But anyway, <laughs> hope you sound good today. So here we are. We're in season two. We got episode three of season mm. two, right? Yeah, already. Man, I was zooming through. I, for a second, I thought we were episode two still. Mm-mm. But no. We are in Everywhere a Chic Chic, uh, directed by Alex Singer, written by our good buddy Jack Winter, back for his second run. And it back originally again. aired September 25th, 1967. I have to say, when I read Everywhere a Chic Chic, I was like, oh no. <laughs> what kind of inappropriateness are we walking into on yeah. this episode of the monkeys like inappropriateness of the time but still the monkeys have stuff where you're just like oh man what's going on here more than i from, had remembered yeah from time to time it's just different times man yeah it's very interesting <laughs> so anyway we open up on a, a room filled with a bunch of sheiks and the main dude which is monty landis and his first of seven monkeys appearances and I think every every monkeys fan knows Monty Landis just because it's true he pops up so often in the second season. <laughs> and uh, so the king is telling his daughter, whose real name is uh, Donna Lauren, and in here her name is Colette. He says that he has consulted to the stars and that it's time for her to marry. And he has an Arabian accent, but his daughter talks like she's from Southern California. <laughs> no accent whatsoever. And she says that there's no one to marry, and he suggests some sketchy looking old dude. Whose beard appears to be on crooked, like it's on half of his chin. No, no, it's like it's like half shaved. It's only like half a beard there. He's got, I think he's got a full mustache. It's only half a beard, reminiscent of when I used to hang out with. uh, I had a one sideburn. Remember that, Paco? I do, I do. (laughs) Almost nobody noticed, and people seemed to be genuinely shocked when I told them. Because you'd never see both sides of someone's head at the same time, really. And they weren't, they weren't like uh, season two sideburns. They were just little, like season one sideburns. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> just exactly. little guys right there. But it was uh, weird times. A little social experiment I did with my face. <laughs> it's a little more blatant it's, when a dude has half of, of a Fu Manchu, though. It's, you notice right away. Yeah, it's very weird. At first, you're kind of like, what's, what am I, what's happening here? And there was like my eyes or something. or the, the, They made a mistake with this Blu-ray. But no, he has half a, <laughs> half a little beard. So her dad tells her that she's already turned out all the ed- eligible bachelors in the world. And who does she want to marry? And she looks down at a magazine and it has pictures of the monkeys on it. And she points to Davy. She says, him. <laughs> and then uh, there's a pretty cool transition from the picture to like real Davy hanging out at the pad with the other dudes. Yeah, that was a neat, neat trick. Like they shot the Davy part, obviously, first. And then they had printed a still from it, which... Probably took more time than it does nowadays. I was going to say, I don't even know how you how you do that. Now it'd be super easy to do. But back then, <laughs> I, it's a pretty cool move. For real. And, the uh, neat trick. Yeah. 
<laughs> so he's hanging out with all the other dudes, and there's two Arabian guys. And one of them tells Davy to get on the scale, which is like one of those old school scales you like put someone down on, put something down on, like a like an actual scale of each side kind of thing, like the, <laughs> the justice scale. <laughs> and uh, and so this dude picks him up. Uh, and this little seat, and in the other hand, he's got some gold bars, and he determines how even it is. And uh, Peter says that it looks like they're weighing him, and Mickey says, Well, you're getting heavier, Davy. I can remember when you only weighed seven bars. And then the big guy puts Davy in a, in a sack. Really, Davy just steps into it. He just kind of points to him. He steps into this sack, and uh, he throws him over his shoulder and takes him away. And the other guy hands Mike a note, and they leave. And Mike opens the note, and it's an invitation. And Peter and Mickey both try to read it at the same time a couple times, but Peter prevails. King Hassar Yudun of Nahudi cordially invites you to the wedding of his daughter Colette and Mr. David Jones. <laughs> They're shocked, and they look at the camera. <laughs> and that takes us to the intro. So coming back, the, the theme now has like an Eastern feel to it as we come in from the intro, which is cool, going mm-hmm. with the uh, different themes that match the episode. So Davy gets out of the sack and he asks what's going on. And he's told he was brought here so he can marry the king's daughter. He says that he doesn't even know her, so why would she want to marry him? And that guy says, Why does the camel sleep with one eye facing the desert moon? To keep his pants up. (laughs) (laughs) Which is so weird. And so Davy's told to marry the princess and be happy, but he asks if she has ever had a crush before. And the guy tells him that she did, but he rejected her. And Davy asks if he still sees him. And the guy says she does. She puts a wreath on his grave every week. In this sequence, there's a lot of uh, Davy's intro stuff from the, the, the second season intro. The, 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 a, lot of the, a lot of all this, a lot of the intro, they got the stuff on. Peter does the snap. And yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff from this episode they really used Probably because it was already in the can and they were just like, well, take from what you have for the second season. And so that's why we see a lot from the same episodes. (laughs) So later the guy hits this little gong and he announces, The prince to be. And uh, Davy comes in wearing the traditional swag and bows to the king. The king says that he'll get his daughter. (laughs) And Davy asks the guy with half a beard if uh, if he looks all right. And the guy throws a weird smock over him. And he says, do not question the strange ways of our people. <laughs> it looks weird like... was to let you remember which guy that was. <laughs> I guess to, to, to really make him stand out as yeah. We don't. This guy's messed up. We don't. This is our sort of bad guy today. Yeah, it's like the smock they throw over him is like the one you have like in grade school when you take when your dad's old work shirts and you wear it backwards. <laughs> yep, <laughs> that's what it looked like. She's got my jacket. So uh, in the hallway, the other monkeys march up and they talk to the guard and. uh and they ask if they can see Davy, and the guard just throws him down the hall with one push, and they all take <laughs> off. <laughs> it's a quick little seat for them. And so inside the room, the princess shows up, and Davy sees her for the first time. And uh, I don't think she's wearing the traditional Arabian princess dress. <laughs> she has on like a half shirt and a silver mini skirt. That's <laughs> so. true, but this this is a fine bird right here. Oh my goodness, yeah, very much. She's She's very pretty. One of the... One of the ones that you and and she she has like lines and stuff and kind of acts a little bit, so it's kind of fun. She's not just like eye candy yeah. for Davy to fall in love with. Totally. And it's also kind of she's the one Davy doesn't fall in love with. <laughs> it's it, as soon as it marriage, it's like we well, have to marry her. It's like oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> so uh, 
So Davey says that he loves her hair and she says the same. He says he loves her eyes and she says the same. We, tradi- we transition to some like dream sequence where Davey and her are dancing and he loves her everything and she loves his everything no, he essentially. Says, he, he loves her nose, but is busy doing the, the dream sequence. She doesn't say I love your nose back to him. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Take I, that Davey's nose. I, I did notice that. I wonder if now he has a complex after that because <laughs> she didn't like his nose. And so then in this in this dream sequence, they almost kiss, but then Davy snaps out of it. He tells that he has to be honest, and he's not ready to get married. And she tells him that he has to marry her, and if he doesn't, her father will make her marry half-beard there. <laughs> and uh, and he's the one that could save her. And that's a lot to throw on somebody. like uh, yeah, Just like, oh, yeah, you know, you have to marry me or else I marry this old man, and you have to save me because this is terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm less concerned about how you feel about me than I am. <laughs> About marrying a rock star instead of this elderly fellow. <laughs> I just need help out of this pickle I'm in. Help me out. See, but see, because she went, she went too high. If she would have went for like a schlub, <laughs> he would have been like, "Yeah, I'll marry hey, hey, you, hey. no problem. I'll take you away from half beard." But she goes but for Davy Jones. The ending yet, Paco. Yeah, <laughs> but she goes for Davy Jones, who has his pick of anyone anyway. So it's like, <laughs> oh man, you're you're swimming upstream here. <laughs> <laughs> And then um, just as they're about to kiss, Halfbeard shows up and tells him that that's enough for their first meeting and takes Davy away. And then she just yells after him. Don't fail me, Davy. <laughs> no presh. <laughs> Too much presh. So in the hallway, the boys show up again, but this time they're dressed as like dignitaries from other countries, except for Peter, who's like dressed up like a scientist. And every time Mickey salutes, he knocks Mike's hat off. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so That was like, yeah. That seems to be thrown in by the boys, for sure. Yeah. And Mike genuinely looked annoyed each time it happened. <laughs> and so Mickey says that there's a bomb that will blow up everything within 100 meters. And Peter has like a Geiger counter thing or whatever. And he starts to click something in his hand. And Mickey says that the bomb is about to explode. Right. And then they say the bomb is in the other room and that the guard should run away and save himself. And he does. Terrible guard. Doesn't warn anybody. Just, just <laughs> runs away. So the boys bust into Davy's room and he tells him that a king told him he has to marry his daughter. And Mickey says, nice looking. And Davy says, yeah, he's not bad. His daughter's <laughs> smashing. <laughs> <laughs> so the king comes in and asks who these guys are and they sing hello. Hello. He tells Davy that he hears he doesn't want to marry his daughter. And Davy tells him it's not that he doesn't like her. It's just so sudden, which, you know, you got to go for that. You know, Westerners yeah. here. That the singing hello thing. I think they do that a couple times, probably. I think so. I think that's a that's a Three Stooges thing, right? I think so. For a second, I thought it was a Marx Brothers thing, but uh, Harpo doesn't talk, so I don't think they do that. Yeah, he just goes hello, hello, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Van Halen does it too. On the uh, the live version of Dance the Night Away, they do the thing. Dang. Underrated vocalists, the members of Van Halen. Oh I, man, I believe. Well, Mark- we'll talk about that on our Van Halen podcast. I'll just say Mark Anthony, unreal. His, his, his oh, harmonies yeah. were unreal. But anyway, so the king tells Davy what he would be getting if he marries his daughter. And the king claps his hands and a white guy comes out with a model of a palace. And uh, the king says that this is where they would live. That's a little small, isn't it? <laughs> the king tells him that the palace has 700 bedrooms, 22 swimming pools, and, and an indoor polo field. Yes, but what kind of a neighborhood is it in? And so Davy asks if he can talk it over with his friends. And they all say it's a bad idea. Like all the monkeys are like, no, do not do this. Bad idea, bad idea. 
<laughs> and the king tells him that they would all get jobs in the cabinet and they're still on the fence. But then the king tells him that they would each have a choice of a dozen wives and he claps his hands and a bunch of girls comes out, come out dressed in like Arabian garb, but they're all white girls, like blonde and brunette white girls. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the boys are intrigued and Davy decides that he'll do it. And then some other sketchy guy asks Halfbeard if he should prepare the four beds. Prepare four coffins. They will not live the night. <laughs> Whoa. Hey, now. Power behind the throne, I guess. But that scene with all the ladies, you know, I think somebody made a mental note in the band. Is like, if we get to do a movie and have like a movie budget, we're doing a scene like this for sure. Hundred percent, eh? It's almost like they just said, "Hold, keep this set the way it is. We'll come back in a year." <laughs> For real. So we come back from commercial, and the boys are surrounded by the ladies, and they're getting their nails done, and they're just generally cuddling everybody. <laughs> and Davy tells Mickey that uh, he'll be the secretary of defense. Oh, I'll certainly keep it mended. What? The fence. <laughs> Woman asks Davy if he would like grapes, and he asks for them to be peeled. And she claps her hands, and two surgeons get to work on peeling the grapes. Classic, classic winter right here. <laughs> oh, that winter, for real. And also, do these girls also just get to clap their hands and make people do things? It's like a chain of command. Like, she asked Davey, would you like grapes? He's like, yes, peeled. And then she's like, okay, someone else do this for <laughs> me. I'm not peeling these grapes. Appears to be true. Um, <laughs> those two dudes who are peeling the grapes dressed like surgeons, those are actually... Um, Two of the monkey stand-ins who uh, they brought in just to, uh, I don't know, put them on the show and give them a little tip, basically. They're good with their stand-ins. Uh, oh, wait a second. Did you hear that? Hey, guys. So Rodney here. I just wanted to say they asked me to be stand-in because I had the same hair as David Jones because of I knew what kind of shampoo the Rolling Stones used. But I was busy on my show, Rodney on the Rock. So I couldn't do it. Oh, okay. Oh. Thank you, Rodney. Appreciate uh, the input, Rodney. Well, thank you. Gotta go. Gonna... The porpoise is laughing. <laughs> Bye, Rodney. Oh, Rodney. We got to put a lock on the podcast valley door, I swear. I know. At least he rang the bell this time. He likes barging in. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... The sketchy dude and half-beard sneak in as Davy makes Mike Secretary of State and Peter's mad again. But Davy tells him not to worry because he's going to make him Secretary of Forests. You would. <laughs> this, is, this is winter. This is all, all winter going. All winter, yeah. Yeah, winter is coming. Sketchy dude asks if they should kill them now, but he's told that he should wait until they're separated and then kill each of them differently so it can't be traced back. Mm. I think he's done this before. <laughs> so, yeah, it's a it's pretty uh, wise. Yeah, he should keep strategy. the same crew, so they don't have to keep asking these questions. <laughs> so Mike is putting together a peace treaty, and one of the ladies tells him that he has pretty ears. And another dude brings Peter some food, and the guy tells him that Peter can't eat the food until he has it tested for safety. And so he he eats a piece of it, and he falls to the floor. And Peter asks, "How is it?" Poison. <laughs> A little rare. <laughs> <laughs> I was like that Peter's only worried about how the food is. <laughs> the sketchy dude has been watching through the curtains and he's pissed that his plan didn't work out. 
But wouldn't he know that the food would have been tested anyways? See, this is why they need uh, the same crew. Yeah. Going for the poison when you know it's going to get tested. That only works if you want to kill the guy testing the food. <laughs> for real. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, they didn't think a lot of this stuff through. <laughs> no, it's I like guess. puns first. When yeah. Winter's, uh, you know, Jack Winter is eating uh, De Caruso's lunch here. <laughs> yeah. He'd be lucky to eat my crust. <laughs> Mike's still putting together the peace treaty. And then he throws in an olive branch and a dove that he like slams on the table super hard. <laughs> and the girl's laughing her ass off at these antics. And the papers fly everywhere. And Mike says that he needs a paperweight. And the sketchy dude pulls a rope and a huge block falls from the ceiling and crashes through the table. What is this number with a concrete block? <laughs> but again, it's a little punny thing, like the paperweight and this block falls. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So Mickey's dressed up and he's with this girl and they're, he's putting together the budget for the Navy or something like that. And he's going to spend $6 for new oars. And she says that he couldn't hurt a fly. And he says, no, not a fly, but he will invade Russia. And then he turns his hat sideways. So he looks like Napoleon <laughs> and he gets all power hungry and tells her to watch him cut this budget. And then the sketchy dude throws a knife at Mickey and it sticks in the wall behind him and he freaks out. <laughs> And I guess the uh, the music playing there was the music that was made for the invasion of Russia, like Napoleon's invasion of Russia. Oh, my. That was the symphonic tip of the hat. <laughs> deep. That was deep. Good, uh, good reference there, Paolo. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. And I, I remember it when it was new. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget where I was. So uh, Davy and Colette, they're kissing, and she says that she's happy that they get these last three hours together, because as of tonight, they won't be able to see each other until the wedding. So Davy asks her if she thinks he'll be a good prince, and she says she's sure he has the talent, but if he ever needs any luck, and then she takes off a necklace and puts it on him. So I guess that's the luck. And uh, It pays off almost immediately. <laughs> it really does. And... uh just then, the sketchy dude blows a dart that gets stuck right in the medallion. It's like, like a, it really does bring him luck, I guess. And Davy thinks it's an Arabian Cupid, and she tells him that someone's trying to kill him. And Davy does his classic, oh. <laughs> no classic. Yeah. I think something that's classic is something a white guy did twice. Yeah, exactly. Then it's a classic. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he thinks it's an Arabian Cupid. <laughs> and I thought she also knows, no, someone's trying to kill you. Like, trust me, a lot of my boyfriends have been killed by Halfbeard. <laughs> I know his moves. So boys are all together, and Mike says that they've got a split and they need a plan. And Mickey says that they don't need a plan. They can just walk out of there. But what about the guard? So Mickey takes a lamp and smashes it over the guard's head, but he doesn't even notice. What's the plan? <laughs> so a sketchy dude and Halfbeard meet up in the hallway. Halfbeard says that it's time for his cleverest plan. He's going to switch the monkey's goblets with these gold ones that are laced with explosives so that when they <laughs> clink glasses, boom! <laughs> and little do they know that one of the wives has overheard them. So that wife, she goes to the princess and she tells her that she must warn the boys. And she says that she can't leave the room until the wedding. So the wife has to tell them. And she says that she'll be seized before she can get to them. And the princess tells her to be brief and to tell them... Golden Grecian goblets, guaranteed graves. <laughs> she came up with that pretty quick. 
Yeah, and is that the best way to tell someone their goblet cups are going to explode? <laughs> it's, just... it's catchy, and everybody figures it out pretty quick. Yeah, it's true. I don't know. It's. Uh... I guess she knows. <laughs> so at the banquet, everyone's sitting around, and they talk about the weird foods they've eaten. Halfbeard tells the king that the stars warn against this marriage, but the king says that it's too late and the marriage will take place, even though the king was the one who said the stars said they had to get married and have to do it because the stars say that, so... Get your stuff together there, King. Again, the, pro- the plot consistencies are uh, secondary to uh, prop comedy. It's almost like a scene consistency. It's like, we'll get yeah, this yeah. scene to the next scene. Now, whatever, we do, don't even worry about whatever. Don't worry about that scene. Now we have this scene. <laughs> do we have cans of beans to spill? Okay, good. Action. Exactly. It's just, the other stuff is more important. <laughs> so Halfbeard says, okay, very well, but he can't be held responsible for what could take place. Which instantly makes you think he's going to be responsible for what takes place. (laughs) (laughs) The wife tells Peter that she has a message from the princess. And as she's telling him, she gets pulled away. But she gets out, golden Grecian goblets guarantee graves. And Peter tells Mickey. Golden Grecian goblets guarantee graves. Golden Grecian goblets guarantee graves. That's pretty good. Try this in rubber baby buggy bunkers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought what was going to happen was it was going to be like a game of telephone. And then by the time it got to Davey, it was just going to be nonsense. China Clipper calling Alameda. Yeah. So Peter tries to tell Mike and Davy, but the king starts his speech. And the king says, to Davy Jones. And Halfbeard covers up his ears. And the boys start to clink glasses, but the, but the king keeps going and going and going. <laughs> and finally, Peter lifts his cup and it slips out of his hand. And it explodes. <laughs> Everyone freaks out and wants to know what happened. But Halfbeard says to never mind. They should just clink glasses in celebration. <laughs> Don't worry about the explosion. Let's keep this party going. Even though he just said we, we should stop this. Davy calls him on his bullshit. And he asks him to clink glasses with him. But Halfbeard won't do it. And Davy says because he knows something's wrong with his cup. And he throws it and it explodes. <laughs> <laughs> King isn't too impressed at Halfbeard. And he asks, how could he do this to his country? I am not a Nahudian. I was born in Enid, Oklahoma. I just came here to get your oil, which I'm going to do right now. Goddamn. And, and it's great because he like loses his accent. He has like an Oklahoma accent, the snap of his finger. He snaps his fingers. He's showing off the diversity, trying to get on a bonanza, I think. Yeah, I guess so. And maybe that could be the monkey's excuse. Like, well, no, we couldn't use a real, like, Arabian actor because he had to have this <laughs> accent at the end. <laughs> That's how they scoot around the uncomfortableness. Yeah, it's a way around that, too. Perfect. <laughs> and so this leads us to Monkey's Romp number only, Love is Only <laughs> Sleeping, which is awesome. First time we've heard Love is Only Sleeping on the show. Oh, yeah. It's uh, it, such a great great riff that opening riff drop d tuning big influence on the seattle scene oh 100 and the seven four time definitely uh, Soundgarden was way way into this song i think yeah heck, heck yeah so for the romp here a bunch of guys pull out swords and they start chasing the boys around davy's fighting the guard peter's like sword fighting and takes a light bulb out of a lamp and sticks his finger in it and the electricity goes through him and through his sword and through the other guy's sword and zaps the other guy. I wouldn't recommend doing this. No, no do not try that at home. Yeah, it, it doesn't work, I bet. Uh, the band is in the Rainbow Room again playing. Davey on drums, Mike on guitar singing, Peter on bass. It, it, I think Mickey's just sitting there. <laughs> I don't think he's doing anything else. He's just doing the harmonies. 
Is he leaned up against the sound effects machine? Yeah. I think that's what he's doing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but Mike's got that look on. He's got the the, the, oh. the tie, the suit and tie look up on the collar. Yeah. But he's got the big floofy left bank sleeves coming out of the sleeves of the coat, and it's just a excellent rock and roll look, like kind of a, a trippy dude, but also like means business. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. A distinguished hippie, essentially, is what he looks like. <laughs> For real. But it looks awesome. His whole thing is awesome. And um, so Mickey punches out the guard. Davy and Colette are dancing. Mike punches out the guard, too. There's footage from the desert from the first season when they're, like, flopping around. Like, Mike has oh, the hat yeah, on, yeah, the little yeah. sideburns. Uh, <laughs> stock footage of people on horses. Each of the guys takes turns sword fighting and kissing. Like the same girl, she kisses all the monkeys in that one scene. That's There's another future callback. Yeah, future back to uh, another scene in head. A future forward. Future forward. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Yes, there we go. There we go. And uh, so the bad guys take out one monkey at a time until it's just Davy, and then the monkeys switch with the other dudes and take down Halfbeard. It's a very weird. Weird thing. They bloop into the huddle. Like, they've done that before. That's one of their moves. It is. It works every time. (laughs) So then the king says he's grateful to the monkeys, and if they want anything, they can have it. And Davy asks for freedom for us all. And it is granted. (laughs) And then uh, Davy weasels out of getting married. I hate to run out on you like this, Colette, but it's it's really for the best. I'm too young to get married, and now that the Daru is out of the way, you really don't have to worry. And uh, he tells her that she'll find someone better than him to marry, and she says that she already has, and it's Peter. <laughs> what? And then he's taken by the guard and put on the thing to be weighed and bought for gold. I wonder if the, the boys had to give the gold back after they bailed, or if they got to keep the gold they got I for David. They're always poor, so they're, they probably don't get the gold. Nah, no gold. And uh, that's that's the end of the uh, the story part of the episode. It ends right there, <laughs> yep. and then we go into a performance of Cuddly Toy. This is a weird one. This is really weird. It's a bit strange. The boys are dressed up in like the striped coats, and uh, they dance around with a girl who's in like this green mini dress. Davy does some terrible lip syncing. It just looks thrown together. It looks like they're like, well, yeah. let's let's do <laughs> Cuddly Toy, and they decide to do that. And the boys, as Davy danced around with the girl, and the boys, yeah, the rest of the guys are just doing some sort of cane squats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Not being well timed at all. A bunch about of glute it. work. <laughs> and yeah. And, uh, but um, I'm pretty sure I remember a different version of Cuddly Toy where they have like instruments. And um, mm-hmm. there's not many tunes where they have two different uh, music videos. If it's Pleasant Valley Sunday, it's always in the Rainbow Room. If it's mm-hmm. if it's Clarksville, it's always uh, the the red shirts, and you know, and if it's she, it's always the suits. There's no, I think this might be uh, maybe the only song that's more than one music video in the show. Yeah, maybe it's because this one was kind of like a lackluster thing, and they're like, you know, maybe. we could do this better. Like, let's let's do this song more justice than we're doing for it, and. Uh... And yeah, that could be the reason why. Because yeah, it, it definitely has a weird like the girl and Davy dancing. It, you can tell like, they're just like making it up and laughing, and <laughs> yep. they're having a good time, no doubt. It doesn't it's not like garbage, but it's just there's something weird about it. They're trying to distract everybody from uh, figuring out what the lyrics are about. I think. <laughs> yes, <laughs> as well, 
they probably should feel that way. And if you want to know why, you'll have to wait till we pull it out of the wool hat of mystery, and then we'll get into it. Today, we're just talking about the show. There you go. A little cliffhanger for you. <laughs> Call that a teaser. Yeah. A little, little, little teasy tease. So <laughs> that, that uh, performance wraps up. And then we go to the first interview piece of the second season. And the first interview piece in quite a while, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. At least it feels that way. I don't know. And, and I so, think uh, they shot this like way near the end of shooting the season or something. Because uh, when does Mike have the shades and stuff? That's later. That, that's like Frodo's Caper times. I think that this was shot like the same day they did the Randy Scouse skit because they're wearing all the same clothes. Okay, yeah, Mickey's yeah, yeah. got the tablecloth, Davey's got the tablecloth scraps, and then the other guys <laughs> still dress like that. So that's what I think it was. And they also look exhausted. Like, yeah, Mickey wants to be end. anywhere else. Mickey, does he think I really hate these interviews? <laughs> Mickey refers to his smock as a tablecloth when they ask him what he's wearing, and that was pretty cool. What are you wearing, babe? A tablecloth. Carpet. <laughs> I totally forgot that he said that. Uh, Mike says that he's painted all the windows of his car black. <laughs> I hope he doesn't go driving anywhere then. And uh, Davey says his sister had another baby. <laughs> it's kind of just some random shit. And yeah. uh, Bob Rafelson points out how different they look. And like Mickey let his hair go. And like essentially they, how they became second season Beatles or second season Beatles, second season Whoa, monkeys. <laughs> and, uh, and Davey tells them the story of a young woman who mailed herself to the monkeys like put herself in a box and put herself in the mail and they opened it up and this girl popped out and bob asked what they did with her and davy says that they sent her to the beatles <laughs> <laughs> and it's pretty cool to think of this time the beatles are out there it's you know true, what i mean like true. yeah we sent them to the beatles like yeah because they're there like they're the, a band they're doing stuff doing like the coolest stuff they'd been doing <laughs> it's just yeah just a cool time to think of yeah, this would have been around when they were making uh, Sergeant Pepper. They quit the road. Yeah, I think it's Sergeant Pepper's at road, mate, just just doing music. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Anyway, so that's and then it ends with that. That's the end of the entire episode, right there. Yep. <laughs> Poor Mickey. <laughs> yeah, just whooped. He wants out. That was kind of a dud of an interview piece because <laughs> you could you feel bad for the boys. It was yeah. Usually they're they're like. Maybe not the best part of the show, but they're always like, oh, sweet, here we go. And this one's like, oh, man, I don't know. It's like seeing an interview with Kurt Cobain where you just feel guilty for being a fan. You're like, oh, mm-hmm. man, I'm part of the problem. Yeah. <laughs> so overall thoughts of this episode, I'd say it, it, it seemed like a very uh, thrown together. I don't know what how to describe it. It, it didn't like have a – see, the uh, whole thing a- felt like it was just getting started to me <laughs> i don't know like you know school I mean? play I vibes where they're just the sets they're like the usual sets the the hallway set i remember that from that other episode and like oh and on the plus side it maybe wasn't as racist as it could have been which is a weird thing to say i agree with that it, i was expecting like I, I think after monkey's chow main that's a high water mark to, <laughs> or low uh, water yeah. mark i guess but uh, yeah. I agree with you. But it, this this felt like they just put like a marble at the top of the hill and just let it roll down the hill and let it do its own uh-huh. thing. 
<laughs> and uh, but it everything was pretty straightforward. There wasn't like a, like some goofy jokes, of course, not as many as last time. Thank goodness. <laughs> nope. But uh, yeah, it was just a very interesting, weird episode with the boys kind of split up, but kind of together. And yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Davey's with this chick, but doesn't want to be with this chick, but there's another reason for it. And we just got to get Davey to not be with this chick. It's like the, that's the point of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if it was written because of that. We got to have Davey not want to be with a girl for some reason. So they came up with this whole thing around that nucleus <laughs> of Davey. Man, oh man. Um, guns, no guns, but swords and explosions. <laughs> exploding goblets. Uh, if you got, if you had exploding goblets on your monkey's prop bingo card, you're in luck today. That's like a seven times prize pack kind of thing. Cause that's a very rare one. So if you hit that one. Oh yeah. But I'm still pretty sure you uh, wore out the boom drop on this one. Boom! Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, highlight of the show. I don't know, to be honest with you. There's not, there wasn't like a, a jokey joke that killed me. Yeah. Yeah. There's no like Mike yelling at a woman in a hat. Is it, <laughs> is it just Davey saying, oh, again? <laughs> I guess Davey really trying to make that work. <laughs> I guess highlight of the show, in all honesty, even though it wasn't the, the coolest part, but seeing uh, the interview for the second season and there seeing them, like the new monkeys doing an interview <laughs> wait a second that ain't the new monkeys <laughs> that's true um was there a monkey ruse uh mike mickey and peter trying to sneak into the palace kind of ruse-ish they were a bit rusing a bit yeah yeah uh fourth wall break uh at the beginning with the invitation they uh they look at the camera and when davy says oh he looks right at the camera <laughs> best musical moment Love is only sleeping. I think obviously, I I almost kind of wished that the two music numbers were switched. Mm. Like Cuddly Toy yeah. doesn't really work for the romp, but I would have yeah. rather have seen Love is Only Sleeping performance. The whole thing. I yeah. think it comes up again. Uh, what wouldn't fly in twenty twenty one? The white guys playing Arabian guys, but also uh, having all the women there just for the guys to like clap their hands and make out with. I don't think yeah, would really be sure. a, would really be going on that. that. I mean, just a couple of girls get some stuff to do, but not not much. Yeah, I guess uh, the uh, the wife that overhears the plot is essentially the hero of the whole story. Oh, for real? <laughs> the, the, the princess really was. She kept putting tradition over saving lives. I found there. She's like, "Well, I can't leave the room, but you tell them this riddle and see if it'll <laughs> save them." Um, so, some did you knows. Uh, the interview at the end was recorded eight weeks before the episode aired. So, like, at the end oh. of the first season, essentially. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Monty Landis, he was originally supposed to appear in every episode of the second season. Oh but it got down to seven episodes because it was just impossible to pull off. But he was going to play a <laughs> reoccurring, not a reoccurring character, but just different characters throughout. That's wild. Yeah. Uh, that's, what they tried to do with, uh, that's what they tried to do with uh, Rachel Dratch for 30 Rock. I don't know if you remember when 30 Rock started, but they, they came up with a weird different character for her in like the first few episodes. <laughs> Interesting. That's where they she got was originally from. supposed to be uh, Jenna Maroney, but they... At the last minute, I think the network wanted someone blonder, I guess, and brought in Jane Krakowski. Huh. 
Interesting. Anyway, that'll be on our 30 Rock podcast. <laughs> uh, Donna Lauren, who played Colette, she was in the Mickey Mouse Club in the 50s. It was in like a lot of those like uh, Beach Blanket Bingo, all those like beach movies in the early 60s. Yep. She's in all of those. Mm-hmm. And uh, Monty Landis was in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, Young Frankenstein, and Real Genius with Val Kilmer. It's Frankenstein. Oh. (laughs) 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 And uh, yeah, that's it. I have no real personal memories of this episode, to be honest. I I remember Mike's cool look, but other than that, yeah, it's just kind of... Yeah. It is an episode of The Monkees. Exactly. That's all we got. Ooh, what is that I'm hearing? Hey now. A familiar jam filling our ear holes. It's that time again, folks. It is the Wool Hat of Mystery Randomatic Countdown. So, who I go first this week, I believe. I believe you are correct. All right, let's see. We've we've had a strong, strong we've had strong, strong showings so far with the Wool Hat of Mystery in season two, so I'm worried. Definitely. We're going to hit a speed bump soon. And, oh, today we have Mary Mary. Wow, awesome. Why you bugging? Mary Mary, where you going to? Mary Mary, can I go too? I think we talked about it a bit when it was on the show. Yeah. I think it was on more than once. But, uh, yeah, we dig this tune. Yeah, it's it's a really great early monkeys jam. I think also for a lot of people my age, um, <laughs> you definitely think of Run DMC. Mary, Mary, why you bugging? <laughs> because that's that's where I first heard it was the Run DMC version. And I can remember when I saw it on the show and saw that it was the monkeys, I was like, really? <laughs> I had no yeah, idea this game for the monkeys. And the fact it's a Mike Nesmith original. Yeah. And uh, when it's on the album and it comes up and it opens with that beat, you're like, ooh, yeah. what's going on here? Exactly, man. That's like a great, uh, that's almost a, a walk this way kind of beat in hip hop. It's like, <laughs> it's, it's so recognizable. So Mary Mary. Sung by Mickey, written by Mike, and uh, it wasn't actually the first released version of it. The Paul Butterfield Blues Band put it on their East West record in 1966, and on the record there is no songwriter listed, but it is uh, but it is Mary Mary as we know it. Interesting. I did not know that. Mm. So there's a version that came out before and a version that came out after. How about that? Yeah. We get the creamy middle version of the Mary (laughs) Mary cookie. And yeah, we were talking about that drum beat is wicked. And also that Mm -hmm. that, uh, riff at the very beginning. That... (laughs) Is... That's going in the medley. <laughs> That's a it's, it's a great little riff too, and it's it's yeah, it's a great song. And I think I think a lot of people would be surprised to hear that it's a monkey song. I think it's it, true. I think they probably would think it's more of like a 
Paul Revere and the Raiders or like a Herman Hermits or Herman's Hermits yeah, or something like yeah. that. Like, but uh, and, uh, yeah, it shows up in uh, five episodes of the Monkees. Yeah, yeah, they really used it a lot first season. All right, so where do we want to put this in the? Uh, yeah, back to business. We do dig this dude. Like, <laughs> we would put this on if we were putting on some monkey stuff. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I also like it quite a bit. But see, it's tough. Like when I'm looking at different ones in here, it's like okay, well, like Clarksville's thirty-seven, right? Mm-hmm. She hangs out's thirty-six. I could probably a little bit better than there. All right, how about we put it in at number twenty-nine between "What Am I Doing Hanging Around" and "Always Hurts the Most in the Morning." It sounds good. Okay. Yes, sir. I'm with you. That's right, folks. Mary, comma Mary. Rolling in at number 29 on the Random Headed Countdown here at Podcast Valley Sunday. Okay, so Jeff, reach on in there. Pull out yours. Okay. We grab up a tune here. Oh, boy. It's Do You Feel It Too? Question mark at the end. I'm do you feel it too? Do you find a lot of joy in every little thing you do? Oh, do you? All right. A 13-second so, yeah. uh, fade-out. <laughs> Dang, that's a 70s fade-out. <laughs> uh, Do You Feel It Too? Written by Andy Kim and Jeff Barry. Definitely one of the songs they had kicking around when they were trying to make an Andy Kim album. And their label said no. And then they said, how about a Monkees album? <laughs> They're like, well, let's see how many monkeys you can get. <laughs> and they got two. They did. Okay, so for me, this song, it's not like a... Doesn't blow me away by any means, but it's like a good, like happy tune. You know what I mean? It is. It's like a, a peppy, upbeat Davy song. They rhyme groovy with movie, which is an extremely late '60s move, and uh, and uh, tasteful guitar work throughout. I think it's all right. Yeah, yeah. The, the the solo is really good. It's it really does feel like the easygoing '70s music that's yeah. coming. Extremely light funk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the wet Kleenex of funk. <laughs> wow! Don't go too hard. Don't oversell it, it, Paco. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all right. Uh, where do you think we we uh, put it in the thing? Um. Well, it's it, you pulled it, so you get to to uh, lead the Ooh. way here. Well, I uh, I don't think it's better than French song. No. But I do think it's better than this. Just doesn't seem to be my day. So we'll put it in between those two at number sixty. Eight. Boom. All right, so there we go. That's number two of the day. We got one left. And so far, I got to say, I was worried about that one, that it was going to be a total <laughs> bummer one, but it definitely wasn't. Turned out uh, the, the changes tunes have low expectations working for them, I think. Yeah. Usually when I see a song, I don't know it. I'm like, ooh, I don't know what's going on here. <laughs> All right, so here we go. My goodness. Love is only sleeping. Hey, episode appropriate. Look at that. That's amazing. That's happened twice now. Then she turned away and said, Once I loved, but love is dead. And I whispered, Sometimes love is only sleeping. So, Love is Only Sleeping from Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited. What a song. (laughs) It's one of the reasons we love this album and this particular stretch of the monkeys. Yeah. I, 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 going back to when we, we heard the song on the, on the show, 
But then to get the box set and to be able mm-hmm. to have it on demand whenever we wanted to hear it, this was one of those songs. I was like, this is amazing. I'm so excited. There, yeah, definitely. Uh, sung by Mike. You can, you can hear Mickey a lot in the background. And it's written by Barry Mann and Cynthia Wheel, who are, uh, again, Brill Building, super pro songwriters, dozens of songwriting credits. Uh, they co-wrote uh, You've Lost That Loving Feeling with Phil Spector. Wow. So they, uh, that's just for starters. <laughs> they got a lot of tunes, and uh, you, you know a lot of them. We don't have to get into all of them. But for the Monkees, they also wrote uh, Shades of Grey. Finally a writer I can respect. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, D. You're yeah. correct. But no, that's uh, Shades of Grey, too. That's amazing. Um, this one is one of my hands-down favorite Monkey songs. Might be my... Definitely top 10, might be my top five. Probably my top five, personally, I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, not far behind you there, bro. Yeah. So good. The the, the the lick, so wicked. The ending, that it's, psychedelic yeah. ending at the end of it, it's fantastic. Yeah. The, the musical inventiveness of the, the riff, which is in like drop D tuning, and uh, the 7-4 time yeah. throughout the verses. It drops into 4-4 four, four for the choruses, but it's just uh, neat how it all fits together. Yeah, and it kind of pulls itself along in its own momentum, and it's a, a neat little song. Yeah, it's like all the best parts of a mushroom trip are in this song. <laughs> <laughs> the dreamy whimsy, the droney awesomeness, the chaos at the end that still makes you feel comfortable. It's it's true. It's over the moon. Okay, uh, yeah. So all right, I'm 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 thinking top ten for this one. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. Who it depends how we feel about uh, this compared to listen to the band, I think. Yeah. I would personally put listen to this before listen to the band. <laughs> okay. But I don't know. Where do you where do you come in on that? Um I think you're right. Up next is Circle Sky. Is it you like it more than Circle Sky? You know what? I will say yes. I love Circle Sky, but this also has the the quality of the psychedelic to it, yeah, 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 which yeah. goes a long way with me. So, okay. but I think that's where it goes above I, Circle Sky. I think at number Valley four, Sunday, I think is a, a yard too far. Yeah, to even think about. But uh, yes, so Love Is Only Sleeping, number four on yeah. the Randomatic Countdown here, Podcast Valley Sunday. And I do feel the Pleasant Valley Sunday, Love is Only Sleeping, double A side would have been fantastic. Oof. <laughs> Oof. Well, Pleasant Valley Sunday had words on the, on the other side, which uh, is still pretty solid. That's, yeah. And again, we have to rescue words from a, a yeah. surprisingly low spot in the countdown exactly. later on. Yeah, I agree. So would it have been like um, "Love Is Only Sleeping" and "Door Into Summer" would have been like a one-two punch on a on a? Uh, maybe I think "Love Is Only Sleeping" was gonna be an A side with uh, "Daydream Believer" on the back. I think. Wow. It's, it's in the box set book. I'd have to look it up, but it was gonna be a single, but then it wasn't. Also, because the title is kind of late '60s risque, I guess. So then they changed that and just didn't even put Daydream Believer on the album, just kept it in their pocket for the next record. So, man, big day. Whenever you have a change to the top five, that is a Ooh. big day. 
It has been a while. Yeah, it has been. And I... Actually, you and I was uh, last episode of season one when we pulled it out. Otherwise, these lot of these, the big songs were pulled a long time ago. Yeah, uh, Porpoise Song is the, the closest in the top five on episode 20. Oh, wow. And then Pleasant Way Valley Sunday. Then. So, to, oh, hey, do you want to do a, a top five breakdown? We haven't done a top five breakdown in a while. Since it's we have true, a new we one, need we should. to do a top five breakdown. Uh, you want to kick it off? All right. So in our brand new top five, number five, former number one for a long time, Circle Sky. Number four, Love is Only Sleeping. Number three, Pleasant Valley Sunday. Number two, long title, colon, do I have to do this all over again? Question mark. And number one, holding strong for 15 episodes, Porpoise Song, open bracket, theme from head, closed bracket. All right, so that is another episode of Podcast Valley Sunday. Whew. Thanks for thanks for coming out. Thanks for sticking with us. So from me, Paco. And me, Jeff. Have yourselves a monkey's little evening. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Hey, monkeys fans. With everything going on with social distancing, Podcast Valley Sunday will be on every two weeks. We hope you're staying safe, we hope you're staying at home, and we hope that you're listening to The Monkeys and obviously Podcast Valley Sunday. You can check us out on Facebook, on Instagram, and on YouTube. And please, rate us and leave a message. We'd love to hear from you. But, as always, be gentle with us. We're very sensitive. <laughs>